Let's jump in. They've already started the clock on me here this morning, so let's jump in. Many times um, we've been learning that as we prepare messages, uh, Pastor Chris and Corey and others of us, that we, uh, we, we kind of look at this paradigm that we, we filter things through, and, um, and we ask some questions as we're presenting material. And so we kind of, the, the first question we ask is kind of the question, okay, what do we want people to know? What information do we want you to get? Then a second question would be, okay, once we've given information we want people to know, how do we want them to feel? What do we want them to feel about it? You know, we want them, usually it's we want you to feel guilty and condemned and you know, rebuked and no, no, that's absolutely not true, right? No, we, we want you to feel in, exhorted and encouraged and inspired. And, and then uh, the th- third thing is then what do we want you to do? What's the... With the information you received, with the motivation, the feeling that you've experienced, then <clears throat> what do you leave here and do with that? Uh, for example, if I was um, talking about men being the husbands and the fathers that they should be, I would, um, I would want you to know that God had a, had a really specific plan for your life, men, that, 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 that you're very important, that God has appointed you here into your families and as uh, husbands to your wives and as fathers to your children. And we give information about that. And, and then the second thing, not only <clears throat> what I want you to know that, but I would want you to feel motivated. I'd want you to feel motivated to keep working hard to be the man that God created you to be. I'd want you to keep developing the heart and the skills. I'd want you to feel encouraged to study and to learn how to be a man of God, learn how to be a husband, a godly husband, a godly father. Learn, I'd want you to feel um, like you, you should work hard at being the things that God wants you to be. I'd want you to, to, to feel encouraged that no matter what obstacles, no matter what your background, what obstacles you face, that with the Holy Spirit, that you can be the person God created you to be. Amen? So you get that, you'd know something, you'd feel something, and, and then I would want you to do something. I'd want you to do the following. I'd want you to get refocused. I'd want you to say, okay, maybe I've let a few things slip in my life. Maybe I've, that hasn't been the focus. Maybe I've put other things, but I'm going to refocus my life. I'm going to repent of old things. I'm going to, but I'm going to start a new path. I'm going to walk a new walk. I'm going to, I'm going to live a new way. I'm going to start engaging in my children's lives. I'm going to spend time with my wife. I'm going to, I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to, I'm going to have fun with them. I'm going to, I'm going to be present. When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm at home with my kids. So you would know something, feel something, and do something. Does everybody see, kind of see how that works? Amen. Any men received that word this morning? Okay. <laughs> all right. So two for one there, all right? So that's, that's kind of what, how this works. And that's, um, but today, with all of that being said, today I want to do the exact opposite, okay? So today I want to flip things around, and I, um, I want to start with um, asking you, telling you what I want you to do, all right? We're in a series right now called Neighbors, and has anybody enjoyed our series called Neighbors? I'm, I, I hope you have. I hope you enjoyed, <coughs> excuse me, as Chris said um, last week, I thought it was fantastic having Brother Manuel here with us from, from Costa Rica. Isn't he a mighty powerhouse? Um, man, just an incredible man of God. We Just a divine appointment having him here with us. And then Hannah. And as Chris already alluded to, Hannah's uh, 82% as she worked out the math problem here. We all had time to go get lunch. And um, so, <clears throat> but, uh, but she was exactly right and Chris is right. The, there's an 82%. Here's where we get some of these statistics and show. I want to just ve- uh, uh, verify and show you that uh, what they said was um, absolutely correct. 
In 82, the first International Day of Peace was celebrated. The famous Hollywood sign was built 82 years ago. I have 82 friends on MySpace. 82? 82 states in the Union? <laughs> what? There aren't? No. Batman? In 82, the Commodore 64 computer was introduced. I bought one. I was born in 82. 82 cents in a dollar? Why? In 82, Knight Rider premiered. In 82, Prince William was born. Dreamy! My dad graduated in 82. 82 stars on the flag? Oh man, are you serious? What? 82 stars on the flag! But here's the most important 82. Researchers tell us that 82% of people who are invited to church from someone they already know will say yes. 82% of unchurched people will accept an invitation by a friend or coworker if they're simply asked. 82%. Easter's next week. 82% will say yes. Did I mention that Easter's next week? Well, actually, Easter's a couple weeks away, but uh, the statistics are still, are still true. 82% of the people will say yes. So, um, so one of the fallacies, one of the um, things, uh, that one of the lies about evangelism that Hannah pointed out last week was that people don't want to hear what you have to say, and that's just not true. 82% really do. They want to know that you love and care for them. She also said that there's someone better to do it. Can I say that there's nobody in the world better to be you than you, amen? There's nobody better to fill your place and do what you've been appointed to do. Third thing she mentioned was that evangelism is just pointing out people's flaws. And I've got to tell you, that really is a lie. That's, that's the last thing in the world that evangelism, that sharing Jesus is about. Evangelism isn't about um, letting people know how bad they are. Evangelism is about letting them know how much better life can be with Jesus Christ, amen? How many people know that life's better with Jesus, amen? Amen. I really do. So the whole focus of our series on neighbors is to encourage every one of us to become a focused, more focused on and obedient to the Great Commission. That's found in Matthew chapter 28. Okay, Matthew chapter 28. And while you're turning there this morning, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Let me mention that, um, that New Covenant Church, we believe that the great commandment precedes the great commission, okay? The great commandment comes before the great commission. Um, as we talked about last week, we read it from Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, verse 27, it says, and he answered, Jesus answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. The great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your being. And, and maybe a couple weeks ago, you remember, we talked about this and we said that, how do we know if we're loving the Lord with all of our being? Uh, for me, that there's times when, when my, my heart and mind is not being dictated to by all of the demands of life. And, and when you have those free times, when you have those quiet moments, where does your mind go? Where does it go? Does it go to the final four? Does it go to all of the disappointments that you've had? Does it go to how you can't believe Baylor got beat like a drum the other night? Does it go to, you know, your teams? Maybe if, you know, sometimes my mind goes to some of those places. 
But you know what? When we're walking close with the Lord, all of a sudden we find our mind. We get free time. We get, we get some peaceful moments, and our mind drifts to the God. They drifts to the goodness of God. It drifts to the, the, the love of God. It drifts to how great he is, how wonderful it is to be his son or to be his daughter. So that's uh, loving the Lord your God with all of your being. That's fulfilling the great commandment before we get to the great commission. If you remember in this section of scripture, Jesus went on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan. And in that story of the Good Samaritan, we found out that, <clears throat> that Jesus wasn't trying to tell us that we should be like the, this man, the Samaritan that came along. Well, what he was saying was, <clears throat> excuse me, before you can ever become the neighbors, before you can become the Good Samaritan, you've got to recognize that once at one point in time, you were the man that was laying in the middle of the street, beaten and broken and naked and hurting and, and unable to help yourself. May I ask you this morning, has anybody ever been in that position? Have you ever found yourself, man, just I can't handle all that life throws at me. I, I recognize that there's more to life. I need some help in my life and, and not know where to turn. And all of a sudden, somebody comes along, maybe somebody from a different race or a different color or somebody comes along and ultimately they lead us to the one. They lead us to Jesus who came from heaven. He came from heaven to be able to rescue us in the midst of the worst of our times, the times when we were lost in our sin, when we were cut off from him. And he brings us, he brings us to a place where we have new life, where we have strength, and, and where we're able to then go out and to do the same that's been done to us. Jesus opens up our uh, scope of understanding in this parable last week when he told us, he said that, you see that, that be, who's your neighbor isn't just about who lives beside you, but, but who's our neighbor is every person and any person that we come in contact with, anybody that we're able to exert influence in their life is our neighbor. You know, I've got to tell you that one of the greatest honors that I find in my life and find through New Covenant Church is the fact that, that we are neighbors with people literally around the world. Because of your faithfulness, because of your giving, we're able to be connected with someone like Manuel Garcia. We're able to be a part of ministries in India. Welcome home, Sagar and Emily. We're glad to have you back from India. You know, we're, we're, welcome, we're, we're able to be part of ministries locally and globally. We're able to be neighbors, maybe to people that we haven't even seen. Isn't that a great honor that God gives us? So you see, it's not just about who's beside us, but I think that the, the thing we need to get focused in on in our neighboring is, I want to be a neighbor to the person who's in front of me. I mean, to the, to the person that I have an opportunity to touch or to encourage or to, to help or to impact. And, and that's what Jesus wants us to do. And he makes this even more clear when he comes to the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Are you already there this morning in your Bibles, on your phones? Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. The scripture says, And Jesus came and he said unto them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age, till the, till the end days. Now, let me just encourage you, circle that in, on your Bibles or highlight it or just but, but hold tight to it in your heart because we're going to come back to that in just a minute. I really believe that's very poignant for us in the very moment we live in today. So now remember, we don't do this to get saved, right? 
This, this, we don't work out our salvation for that. We don't, that's not how we earn salvation. We could never earn it. We could never earn the, the goodness of Jesus. We could never earn his neighboring in our life, but we do it because we are saved. We do it because what we have received, we want to share. Amen? Amen. Okay, so you ready? Number one, here we go. What do I want you to do? What do I want you to do? What do we, as a leadership team, want you to do? It's pretty simple. We can boil it down to this. We want you to, number one, we want you to invite people to church. Okay? All right. I bet nobody's surprised by that. That's not something new. We've talked about this for years. We've said invest and invite. And, and the reason we want this is because we think that it's one of the easiest ways to be a good neighbor. It's one of the, it's one of the most simple things that you can do. It, it's not threatening, it's not, um, it's not pointing your finger at somebody, you're just inviting them to come to church. And so through the years, we've tried to encourage and motivate and, and stir you to do this. And one of the ways we've done that is by showing some of videos like this one right here. Don't judge a book by its cover. And it's true. Don't look at that person who ends up next to you and say, that person is way too different from me. I could not invite him to my church. I can't have my friends see me bringing this guy in. We need to see others as Christ sees them, with a holy compassion for the lost. You know what? We all need God, no matter what the person looks like, or how different they are from you. As Christians, we are responsible to reach out to those around us, their eternity depends on it. We need to stop worrying about the opinions of others. We need to open our eyes. New opportunities are put in front of us every single day to come out of our comfort zone, open our mouths, and speak these simple words. Hey man, if you're not doing anything this weekend, uh, check this out, we're doing something cool at our church, so. <laughs> So through the years, we've tried to motivate it. We've tried to encourage. We wanted to develop a culture of being a, of a culture that invites, that welcomes people to come, uh, to come uh, be a part of the church. We've, um, we've shown those videos. We've, uh, we've given you prayer cards to pray over, and we'll probably do that again. We've given you invitation cards to make it easy. We've, we've done everything that we think that we can to create it, to make it just as a natural part of our life that we are people who invite because we're people who care, because we love people. And so, uh, so we're, gonna keep, we're gonna keep focusing on this. We're gonna keep telling you to invite. We're, we'll probably even show some more videos. I'm, and, and, and I couldn't go through the Easter season without showing my favorite video. Turn it up. <laughs> what do you want? 
Mrs. Edwards, I know I ask you this like every week, but would you like to ride the church with me? Oh, uh, come on, Mrs. Edwards, you'll like my church. We have some hot music. It may not be what you're bumping at all, <laughs> but it's hot. We get down. What do you say, Mrs. Edwards? Oh, I suppose. I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted, and for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edwards, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Ooh, anybody got a neighbor like that? Mm-hmm. So, if you don't know who that is in your neighborhood, you are probably that person, right? So. Mm-hmm. Hey, it, it, let's make it fun, right? Let's invite people. Let's, let's get people. I, I mean, I, we were in worship today when, when we were just sensing the goodness, the presence, the, the wonder, the healing, the refreshing touch of God. You know, I was standing there thinking, I, I, I was thinking about people. I wish that so-and-so was here this morning. Man, I wish that they, this would help them resolve some of the conflicts and some of the issues. And the, Oh, man, just getting into the presence of the Lord would bring them peace. It would... I don't know about you, but I, but I want that for every person. Don't you want that for every person? So I, we want you to do this, but we don't want you to just stop here just with inviting. I want you to go further than I want you to continue to in, invest in the lives of people around you. Continue to, 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 to show people uh, kindness and goodness and and, and, and find your neighbors. Maybe today a neighbor will be a, maybe it'll be a lady may, or a gentleman who's a server at a restaurant. Anybody here going out to eat today? No, nobody here's going out to eat today. Anybody here? Nobody's, everybody's going home to eat today? We've got our choice, baby. We can just stop by anybody's house. They'll all be home. Okay, so we can, okay. All right. So, um, but, but, but maybe it's a server. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's somebody that you run across this week. And, and we're going to talk a little bit next week um, a little bit more about, about how to, to find uh, some of these people, some of the cues. Pastor Corey mentioned it yesterday about listening to the cues, kind of the whispers of the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, I, I don't, I'd never heard that word used, I think, in church before. And then I was listening to a teaching uh, last night, as a matter of fact, and the guy was talking about cues. And I thought, man, Pastor Corey's setting these worldwide trends, and people are just listening to his teachings. And so um, there's ways to recognize. And I, I would just say, continue to love people. Continue to do good to them. Continue to be friends with them. Look for the opportunities to serve God by serving people. Amen? I mean, that's the privilege that's, that, he gets us, uh, that he gives us. Um, do it because it was first done to you. Share love because you were loved, because you are loved by God. Do it because it was first done to you. Give because you have uh, received. Now, let me be clear. We, we don't want, to, want you to invite people. This is not about just 
getting bigger. It's not about making the church bigger. That's, that, that's not the goal. Bigger is not always better. But, but I tell you what we do know. We know that a life with Jesus Christ is better. Amen? Has anybody realized that in your own life? Is your life better because of Jesus Christ? I mean, if not, let me tell you, you're missing something, okay? Life is better with Jesus Christ. I know that, that, being, that, that, that a relationship with Jesus has made my life better. And there's times when, honestly, I just, uh, I become overwhelmed looking back at where I was and, and where I could have been had I stayed on the same path. And I, I know that, that, that my life with Jesus is better. I know that living a life that's where sins are forgiven and guilt is erased and shame is eradicated, I know my life is better because of Jesus Christ. I know that, that because of Jesus, I, I know that I'm a better man than I would have ever been without Jesus. I, I know that I'm a better husband than I could have ever been. I, I know that I'm a better father because of the things that God has, has poured into, um, into my heart. And, and I just couldn't leave it there, right? I couldn't do that. And I know that I'm a better grandfather. And, uh, <laughs> and this week, a grandfather of two. Everybody say hi, Noah. This, this is Noah. So um, I, I, am, I know that I'm a better grandfather because of uh, Jesus Christ. You can just leave that up there, all right? That make no sense. Isn't he great? Look at that dark hair. And so, um, and Ashley and Bradley are doing great. Thank you all for your love and your prayers and your concern for them. I really, uh, I really do appreciate that. So, so we're not, we're not trying to, to just make a church bigger. We're trying to make people's lives better. And, and life just goes better with Jesus. It really does. Doesn't mean that there's never a problem. Doesn't mean that there's never any um, issues to overcome. But life is just plain and simply better better with Jesus. Amen? And so, let me also remind you that when you're inviting people, when you're witnessing to people, when you're fulfilling this great commandment, this great commission of Jesus to go and to be witnesses, let me remind you that, that, that the issue isn't that the results are up to you, okay? I think one of the things that's kind of got things twisted around in our world is, um, is we've had some wrong beliefs, I, I was thinking about this week, and I remember, um, does anybody here ever remember to know what the word evangelism explosion? Does anybody know, think that? Um, I, I, and and I'm, I'm thankful. There, actually, there were some results there, but, but we were trained at, that you um, go out and you knock on doors and you take this survey and you, you ask people this spiritual survey, and, and then... Uh, you get down to the end of the survey and you kind of say, well, you know, if you were to stand before God, would you go to heaven? And, and are you ready to accept Jesus? And if they said no, you kind of you put a big red X over that and big X on their door, you know, and they're going to hell. And, you know, and I mean, that's, and, and there was kind of this mentality, <clears throat> excuse me, there was kind of this mentality that <clears throat> you've got to present the whole gospel You've got to um, convince them. You've got to dispel every argument. And then you've got to win them. You've got to pray the prayer of salvation with them for there to be any success. Um, anybody? Does that sound familiar to anybody? And, and I don't know about you, but, but there were a few times and a few scenarios where there was some success, where I had the opportunity to do that. But can I also tell you, there were a lot of times 
When I walked away feeling like a failure, I walked away and I was going, oh, they didn't pray the prayer. They didn't say yes. They, they did. And, and, and I walked away and at times I questioned even, did I not do enough? Did I do something wrong? Was there something more I could have done? And, and although that's a good heart to have, let me say that, that ultimately, the responsibility for the salvation of people rests with Jesus Christ alone. Amen? And so what we do is we do our part. We have faith. We, 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 we believe in the, in the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit to draw people and to convict people and to convince people. But we just do our part. Now, my concern is that, that the church as a whole and New Covenant specifically, and if you're a guest here today, you can just check out for here a minute, okay? And, and just recognize that this is how much we love you, okay? But my concern is that because we haven't been able to do it all, we've stopped doing anything. And because we haven't been able to, you know, get them to check the box and pray the prayer, then we just feel like, well, I don't want to start if I'm just going to be rejected. And we started accepting this mentality that says, well, I, I just, my part doesn't count. And I want to tell you today that your part is vitally important. And that maybe your part is just lending a hand or, or sharing a, maybe, maybe it's, it's taking out your neighbor's trash or it's letting your neighbors drive through your yard and up your driveway and all that kind of stuff like ours have been doing this week, you know, and for good reasons, good reasons. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you, but, but I'm, I'm just saying we don't, we don't think that our part's important. And your part of being loving and your part about being gracious and your part about being kind and, and your part about letting Jesus show in your life. And, and maybe, maybe there's times when your part is to, is to bring people to the close and, and maybe you get the honor of, uh, of saying, can I pray with you and would you like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And that's a wonderful thing. But, but let me tell you something. Even if you're given that privilege, know that it wasn't all about you. I guarantee you that somewhere, and I've been so aware of this through the years, somewhere down the road, I've had the opportunity in hospitals and in life and in death situations to pray with people. And when I prayed with people, as I was praying with them to accept the Lord, you know what? I recognized that through the years, there had been a grandmother and a mom and a dad and friends that had been sowing seeds and had been living the life and had been setting the example. And, and man, all I was doing was I was getting the honor of helping, of helping, of adding a part to what everybody else had done. Does that make sense to you this morning? I hope that makes sense to you. I remember a few years ago, I was sitting at the house one day, and I got a phone call, and this person, this, this gentleman said to me, he said, hey, hey, Pastor Sam, he said, I, I, I need a favor from you. I need a favor from you. He said, I, I've got, I'm, I'm going to go see my brother-in-law, and I've been, I've been praying for my brother-in-law for years, and I've been witnessing to my brother-in-law for years, and, and he called me, and he's really in a bad way, and he said he's ready to accept Jesus. Can you come with me? Can you go with me? And honestly, I was doing absolutely nothing that I could not have put down and gone with him. And, and I started to say, oh man, yeah, this would be exciting. And before I knew it, the Holy Spirit said, no, don't you do that. I said, what? And so he said, he said just tell him, no, you can't go. And I said, um, no, I can't go. And he goes, well, why? And I said, because. 
This is fruit God's giving you the opportunity to pick, not me. You've sown. You, listen, I'm just telling you today that I, and I want you to, um, to do this today is to continue to sow. 1 Corinthians tells us this. It says, some sow, some water, but God gives the increase. Know that your part's important. Amen? Okay, so that's what I want you to do. I want you to invite. Everybody say, Pastor Sam wants us to invite. So I will invite where God strike me. No, I'm that's right. <laughs> All right, number two, you ready? Well, okay, what do I want you to feel? What do I want you to feel? I want you to feel empowered. I want you to feel excited. I want you to feel enthused. I want you to feel expectant. I want you to feel eager. I want you to feel ready. I want you to, let's go do this. Let's invite some people. To remember, it's not just about inviting people to church. It's not just about them, but it's also about you fulfilling part of your destiny. So I want you to feel, I want you to feel honored that God would give you the privilege that in his divine plan, he has placed you on planet earth in what I believe are some of the very last days of mankind. And that, that in all of history where God could have put you, he said, I need you in some of the most crucial, difficult times that the church has ever faced. And he says, I trust you. I've got faith in you. I've got confidence in you. I know you can do it. So I want you to feel honored. I want you to feel excited. I want you to say, yes, God, I can do this. I want you to feel stirred up to be his hands and to be his feet, to be his body, to be his voice while we're right here on planet earth. I want you to feel excited about getting to be a part of doing supernatural things. I hear people in the church, and especially in the spirit-filled realm, talking about, man, one of these days there's going to be this amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and there's going to be signs and wonders and, and miracles. And I tend to believe, I, I happen to be one of the people who believes that. I believe that God heals. I've been healed. I believe that God does miracles. I believe that he does financial miracles. I believe he does miracles in relationships. I believe that he, he miraculously protects us, supernaturally protects us. I, but can I tell you this? That with all of my heart, I believe that the most supernatural thing that ever takes place on planet Earth is when someone who is dead in their sins and trespasses is made alive in Jesus Christ. The most supernatural work, as a matter of fact, I personally believe that the other signs and wonders, and I think I can defend this pretty well through scripture, they're, 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 they're signs to the unbelievers. They're signs so that people who don't know that God really is powerful and strong and mighty so that he can show his might and power on their behalf. I want you to feel encouraged to know that God wants to use you in supernatural ways and that sometimes those supernatural ways are just to do your part, just to be his witnesses, just to to be his hands, to reach out, to touch, to in, invite, to invest in the life of others. Listen, uh, and, and this, is, this is more than I want to get into today, but let me just leave this here and say that, that somehow or another, 
And I almost feel that as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, I need to apologize because I don't know how we've, we've got this messed up, Chris. Corey, I'm not sure. Part of our spiritual development should go and should grow from being so thankful that God has saved us that our heart and our compassion for people who have not yet experienced this wonder grows, that, that it should increase, that, 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 that day by day we become more compassionate and more loving and more caring to every man, woman, boy, and girl who, who does not know Jesus and who has not, not sure that their eternity is gonna, is gonna, be, is gonna end up being in heaven. We should, that's part of our spiritual maturation. It's part of our growth. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we've missed that. That I'm not sure how we've come to the place in the church where, where we can become more calloused as we get older in the Lord and, and more complacent about winning souls as, as time goes on. And, and, and can I just say that for my part in that, in my, in my own life, I apologize to you and I apologize to God. And, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, that that's ever been the case but can I tell you this, it's not gonna be the case in New Covenant Church. It really isn't. And I love you, and I want you to be healed every week, and I want all your problems to be solved every week, and I, and I don't want you to have to go through difficulties, and I want you getting freer and freer and freer all the time. But if that's not leading, if that's not leading to a place of where, where we're more concerned about our neighbors and we're more concerned about lost friends and loved ones and, and communities and society and people around the world and across the street, something's missing. Next two, the Holy Spirit says that he gives us the power, the power for wit, to be his witnesses. Man, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the appointment to be a pastor. Man, I am so, I was thrilled. Corey, I told you yesterday, one of the most wonderful things I've seen in so long was to see 40 or so people giving and receiving prophetic words of encouragement and exhortation. It was beautiful. Uh, the words that Gideon shared with me, I'm telling you, it, it, it impacted, it confirmed things in my life. I love it. I'm so thankful for it. But can I tell you, if that's not leading us to a greater concern and a greater care and a greater focus and a greater, greater awareness of the needs of lost people around us, then something's, something's gotta be fine-tuned, something's gotta be adjusted. Does everybody receive that okay this morning? I mean, I, I just gotta tell you, I've, I've struggled with this this week. I didn't feel good for a couple of days. I got to see Noah in the hospital on Wednesday and didn't get too close to him and stuff. I wasn't feeling good. And, <clears throat> and so there's verification of it. But, um, but so most of Wednesday night and Thursday and 
Friday, kind of just was laying around, but I was laying around and I was, I was studying and I was reading and I was, and I don't even want to go there this morning. All I've got to tell you is that God is doing something in my heart. God is challenging me with something. I'm reading in the scripture and all of a sudden I recognize that there's somebody in the scripture that loves Jesus more than I love Jesus. And because of that, they love people more than I love people. And I love people, but, but God's challenging me and saying, hey, wait a minute, you're loving people on your terms. And I really don't, that's not part of my notes. I don't, I'm just telling you, I'm dealing with it. Man, I'm telling you, Romans 9 is wrecking my life right now. It really is. I mean, when I, those first few verses, the, the challenges, when I see Paul, I don't want to get into it. I'm just telling you, I don't want to get into it. Mm. For me, you pray for me this week. I'll be praying for you, I promise, Okay. When I read these scriptures, look, I took a course in Romans, a graduate course in Romans last year, and it didn't grab hold of my heart. But this is grabbing hold of my heart when Paul says, I'd be accursed from Jesus Christ if my kinsmen could come to know him. I'd sacrifice my life in Jesus. I'd sacrifice, man, you remember Paul? had a divine experience with Jesus, saw a light, heard a sound, his life was changed, he was no longer the persecutor. And all of a sudden, this man that, this man that's, that God is using greatly, he's, something's in him that says, I would pour out everything that I have so that somebody else could know Jesus. And you don't have to do this. You don't have to feel this. You don't have to know this. But in my heart, I'm going, wait a minute. Wait a minute, God. Paul was there. Jesus was obviously there because he did that. He poured his life out for us, for me. Is there anybody else here that Jesus poured his life out for? Is anybody else, you know? He poured his life out for me, and Paul's there. Why am I not there? Number three. What do I want you to know? Well, it's not an easy transition, is it? <laughs> All right, I'll just read my notes, okay? <laughs> I really want you to know, folks, you can do this. I want you to know that you can be a witness for Jesus Christ. I want you to know that whatever lie you've ever believed, whatever thing you've bought into, whatever religious system that's ever caused you to be confused or, or, to, or to back up or to become insensitive to this, I want you to know that just throw it all away because you can do this. 
I'm telling you, you can be a witness for Jesus. You can be a neighbor. It's what you're made for. You are part of God's plan for somebody's life. You really are. It's not just about coming to church on Sundays. It's about you're a part of his plan for somebody at on the campus and in your classroom and in your schoolroom, maybe in your very own home. You're a part of God's plan for somebody in your neighborhood and somebody in this community. So let me remind you again, all you have to do, I want you to know this, all you have to do is your part. You don't have to do it all. Just do your part. Will you do that this week? Will you do your part? I, I, again, I already said it. I kind of got ahead of myself, but don't let the discomfort of thinking you have to do it all and say it all and share it all stop you from just doing what you can do. Amen? You remember the story of the little boy and the starfish on the beach, right? We, we may not be able to reach everybody. You all know the story of the starfish, right? Little boy's throwing the starfish back into the ocean. There's hundreds, thousands of them on the shore. This man comes along and says, hey, you're not making a difference. You'll never be able to reach them all. And he says, well, it makes a difference to this one. And it makes a difference to this one. And it makes a difference to this one. You may never reach every person in China. You may never reach every person in Tyler. But it'll make a difference to the one that you do reach. It'll make a difference. And, and can I just tell you this? If you'll do your part, just do the natural part. Do what you can do. God will add the super to it. God will do more than his part. Do you believe that this morning? I believe it.